preacher done said, it's been a long time since we've been able to come back down. And I sure am thankful for this. This time is precious to me. You go a long time without it, you realize just how precious it is. And I'm sure it's precious to many of you as well. And I don't want to waste a minute of it. I want to enjoy every bit of it, get all I can. And I trust and pray the Lord will help us to be a help to you this morning. Say or do something that would encourage your hearts. If you have your Bibles, we'll be in the book of 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter number 17, very familiar scripture for our text this morning. I want to say as we're turning, uh, I was thinking about his singing that song, It's Worth Living for God Right Now. I'm glad I don't have to wait till I get to heaven, Brother Jacob, to enjoy this, this thing of Christianity, this walk with Christ. I, I'm thankful. There is a lot of things that I do look forward to in heaven. There's some reunions. There's some great things. There's some things I'm glad we won't have in heaven that we won't have to worry about anymore. There's a lot of things that we can... I look forward to it in heaven, but I don't have to wait till I get to heaven to enjoy my walk with the Lord. I can enjoy, so I'm glad I'm enjoying some things right now, Brother Danny, that, that this world doesn't know anything about. There's some joys in my heart today that I wouldn't trade for all the money in the world. I'm glad I don't have to wait till I get to heaven to enjoy my walk with the Lord. I'm thankful I'm enjoying it right now. There is hard days, there's hardships, there's storms, there's trials, just as Brother Chris already mentioned this morning. The Bible reminds us that it rains on the just and the unjust. They go through the same troubles and trials that you and I go through, but I'm glad we have a helper. I'm glad we have a purpose in our lives, and I thank God once again. Thank you, preacher, for letting me be here. Thank you for letting me have the opportunity to preach. I ask you to pray for us as we stand. 1 Samuel chapter number 17, uh, the Bible said in verse number 32, the Bible said, And David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with the Philistine. And Saul said to David, Thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for thou art but a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep, and there came out a lion and a bear, and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went out after him, and smote him, and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he rose against me, I caught him by his beard, and smote him, and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing how he hath divided the armies of the living God. David said, Moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion, now the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said unto David, Go, and the Lord be with thee. Saul armed David with his armor, and he put a helmet of brass upon his head. Also he armed him with a coat of mail. And David girded his sword upon his armor, and he essayed to go, for he had not proved it. And David said unto Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not proved them. And David put them off him. Let's pray. Our precious Heavenly Father, God, once again, as we bow our unworthy heads before you once again this morning, I pray, God, you please touch us and help us, Lord, for just a little while. God, I pray, Lord, that nobody would see me or hear me, but they'd see you high and lifted up and hear from heaven. God, that I might just be the mouthpiece, God, that you'd use, that you'd do the preaching today. God, through the working of the power of the Holy Ghost, this morning, you touch us and help us and give us every word to say. Lord, I pray this morning, you speak to hearts and, and do for us this morning what we cannot do for ourselves. Lord, you know how helpless Lord, we are without you. I beg you, Lord, to please touch us and help us. Give us that fresh anointing that we need, Lord, this morning. All you do will try our very best. So thank you and praise you for it. For it's in Jesus' precious and holy name, I humbly pray. And amen. This passage of Scripture, uh, very, very familiar. We've all heard this story. Uh, from the time we were children, very small in Sunday school, uh, uh, we've heard the story of David and Goliath. Uh, I began to read this passage of Scripture a little while ago, uh, and God began to place this message on my heart. Uh, I look, first of all, at David. Here this young man is. Uh, 
He's come to the battle doing what his daddy told him to do, bringing those things to his elder brothers. Uh, and he comes to the battle and he sees what's going on, how that Goliath is, is standing and mocking the children of Israel and the armies of the Lord. Uh, and no man was brave enough and courageous enough to go and stand before this giant. Uh, and David, the young man, says, I'll go. Uh, he tells Saul, he said, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. Uh, they all looked at him like he was crazy. His older brothers got plumb mad at him. Said, you're not here to do nothing but just stir up trouble and mischief. I, I, I know the naughtiness of thine heart. They said, you're just here stirring up trouble. Uh, you need to go back home. Uh, you need to go back to the flock and just keep being the little shepherd boy that you are. That's all you are. That's all you can do. Uh, and leave this to the rest of us. Saul even looked at him. Uh, and Saul knew him. He was Saul's armor bearer. And he said, son... Uh, he said, you can't go fight this great giant. He said, you're just a young man. He said, this man's, this, this man's been fighting since he was a young man. Probably since he was before your age. This is all this man's ever done is fall. He's been bred and, and trained to fight. You can't go and stand before this giant. But there was something in David's life that nobody else knew about. There had already been some battles in David's life that nobody else knew anything about. He had already had some personal battles, uh, uh, things that come into his life even as a young man, uh, uh, doing what his father told him to do, guarding those sheep. Uh, he was guarding them with his life. I mean, it didn't matter. I believe David was the type of man, uh, whatever you told him to do, he was going to do it to the very best of his ability. I mean, even as his life depended on it, uh, and even just one small lamb taken out of the flock, uh, he chases after a lion and a bear, uh, uh, from what I read it looks like they were at the same time and he goes and slays both of them over one lamb uh, to bring it back to the flock he said you don't understand something he said the Lord's already helped me before uh, I've already come through in some personal battles some private battles uh, I've already learned that I can trust him and I believe he'll help me today uh, as I stand before this giant just as he did with the buyer in the line the Lord spoke to my heart you know these there's a lot of us, we'd like to be in some of those public battles, those prestigious battles. Uh, uh, but if we're ever going to do anything for God in public, uh, if we're ever going to win any battles for God in front of others, there's going to first have to be some personal battles in our lives that we overcome. There's going to be some personal things in our lives when nobody else is around uh, that we're going to have to come through with the Lord before we ever stand before anybody else. He fought some personal battles and he had already learned that he could trust the Lord so he's willing to go before this giant. Uh, now getting the thought that the Lord's laid on my heart. Saul here, uh, uh, if anybody should have been standing before this giant, it looks like to me it should have been Saul. Not only should have been leading by example as king over Israel, not only should have been leading by example, but the Bible also tells me that Saul stood head and shoulders above everybody else in Israel. If anybody even come close to standing up to the Goliath, you would think it would be Saul. Here Saul is instead of going and standing before this giant uh, 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 to defend the Lord's armies, uh, he's sending a little lad out. Not only is he sending a little lad out, but he's even offering him his armor. That right there is enough to tell me Saul had no intentions of fighting that giant. He had no intentions of even going on that battlefield. He's willing to give up the most important thing that he has to take with him in the battle was his armor. I was reading this one day and God began to work in my heart. Why on earth would a soldier be willing to give up something so important and so precious as his armor? Why in the world is he offering his armor to a young man that if he dies in battle, he's not only going to lose that young man, but he's never probably going to ever see that armor again. 
They're not going to go marching that armor back to Saul saying, here, you can have this back. Oh, no, they're going to hang on to it. He's risking losing his armor for forever. It obviously doesn't mean much to him. Something that would be precious to any other soldier on a battlefield, it doesn't mean much to Saul. He has no intentions of using this armor. He has no intentions of standing against this giant. He's offering up his armor. I, I, the Lord began to speak to my heart about Saul's armor and, and why he took it for granted. The Bible, say, uh, the Bible says that he was willing to offer it up to him without hesitation. He said, well, if you're going to go, uh, if I can't talk you out, let me at least let you go with my armor. We know the story how that David tried this armor on. It was too big for him. He couldn't use it. The Bible said he hadn't proved it. He said, I don't know how this works. I don't know the limitations of this armor. I don't know what it can handle or what it can do. I, I better just stay with what I know. I better just stay with what I've already tried and what's already been proven in my life. What I know will work. I just need to stick with what I know. I thought about this armor. This armor, first of all, is for protection. That's the whole point in wearing armor in the battle is to protect yourself from the blows of the enemy. I looked up the word armor and it says protective clothing with the ability to deflect or absorb the impact of projectiles or other weapons that would be used against its wearer. If you wore that armor properly, you might feel the pressure of the blow, but it's not going to penetrate. It's not going to pierce through that armor if you wore it correctly You'd feel the pressure, you might feel the impact, but it's not going to cut inside. There's a lot of things, if we wear the armor that God has given us, uh, we feel a lot of pressure from a lot of things, but I'm glad, thank God, it can't pierce. It can't reach into the inside. I'm glad I'm saved by the grace of God, sealed into the day of redemption. Uh, but this armor was for protection. It was the most important thing you could have in battle to protect you uh, from the enemy. Not only uh, was it for protection, but it also, it also showed what people you represented. You could tell by a man's armor whose side he was on. Who is fighting for? You imagine a battlefield with hundreds and even thousands of people uh, swinging swords and axe and hand-to-hand -hand combat. Uh, you'd like to know who you're fighting. You'd hate to be killing some of your own friends and some of your own uh, fellow soldiers in friendly fire just because you couldn't recognize them in the heat of battle. So they wanted to make sure that you could tell whose side you was on by the armor that you wore. Signified whose people he represented. Not only the people that he represented, it also signified their position. If you held any position of rank as an officer, a lot of times, especially even today's time as we wear armor and uniforms, we signify our armors by their uniforms and by their armor. You could tell by certain insignias and, and even their helmets by the feathers and different things on their helmets, you could tell where your commanding officer was in the heat of battle uh, when things are going on and it's easy to get confused and turned around. You need to know if you're retreating or if you're pursuing, uh, if you're holding the line, whatever it may be, you need to get your orders from your commanding officer so it signified the position that they held in the army. Everybody knew Saul uh, by his armor. Hey, that's the king. That's the commander-in-chief. Uh, that's the one that we got to protect and get our orders from. Signified his position. Not only did it signify his position, but it brought great pride. A lot of times they'd have a family crest or insignia on that armor. The family that they belonged to, their heritage, their lineage. It brought pride. It meant something to them. 
it was important, it was special uh, uh, to those that were, that were important enough and wealthy enough, uh, uh, high enough in rank. They would even have somebody that was called an armor bearer. That was their sole purpose and job just to carry around that man's armor and to take care of it, to clean it, to carry it. That was their whole, that's how important this armor was. Brought pride, I want to say this, it was personal. It was made to fit. They would go and measure these men as they were getting a, a set of armor They'd measure their arms and across their back, across their chest, down their legs, even their feet for the feet. I mean, everybody, it was measured to fit. It wasn't fit anybody. It, it, you might be able to get it on, but it's not going to fit you exactly the same way it would as, it, as for the one that it was made for. It was made to fit. It wouldn't fit anybody else. Even if it had been somebody bigger than David, it still would not have fit them the way it fit Saul. It was Saul's armor. It belonged to him. It didn't belong to anybody else. Like what one man said one time, he said, David put that armor on, took two steps, and the armor never moved. I mean, you take a small young man and a man that stands head and shoulders above everybody else, that's a pretty big difference. That was shoes that he couldn't feel, shoes that he couldn't fit in. It was a good day in my life when I realized that, that, that when God gives a man an armor, it's to fit. There was other men of God, Brother Chris, that I looked up to, uh, and I still do, I look up to, and I, I see them as a great example of my life. But Brother Todd, I realized one day that I can't use their armor. That doesn't fit me. It's not for me. God didn't give me their armor, their calling, their position, uh, uh, their church, or their ministry that God gave. It's not for me. God did not give that to me. That's theirs. It does not fit me. A way that somebody preaches, uh, uh, there have been so many times that I wish that I could preach like Daddy and, and wish that I had the same way of preaching. But I realized in my life, God spoke my, said, I didn't call another one of your Daddy. I called you. You preached the way I called you to preach. I realized that I couldn't wear somebody else's armor. I just got to wear the armor that God gave me. It was personal armor. I want to say this. I'm moving on very quickly. I won't hold you long. I'll get out of the way. But it was also a prize to the enemy. Saul took this armor for granted. Finally one day he did lose it for good. We know the story how that he's going up again to fight against the Philistines. This time he doesn't feel the same way as he has other times before. He's real worried. So worried to the point that he's trying to find anybody. Just somebody give him a word from the Lord the man of God's done died and gold home Samuel's gone he's looking for any way some way somehow somebody to give him some assurance and some peace that everything will be alright he comes down time to go into the battle he goes into the battle we know the story in chapter number 31 1 Samuel we know how that he died he fell on his own sword we pick up and reading in verse number 8 the Bible said it came to pass on the morrow when the Philistines came to strip the slain, that they found Saul and his three sons fallen in Mount Gilboa. And they cut off his head, listen to this, and stripped off his armor and sent it into the land of the Philistines round about to publish it in the house of their idols and among the people. And they put his armor in the house of Ashtaroth and they fastened his body to the wall of Bethshan. I look at this passage of scripture. When they killed Saul and they found his armor laying there on his dead body, they took it and they paraded it around. Something to them. Hey, we've killed the king of Israel. Uh, uh, Saul is dead. He's no longer alive. We've defeated our enemy. Uh, here's his armor to prove it. They not, only, they not only paraded it around, but they hung it up in the house of Ashtaroth. They're gone. It was a prize to the enemy. He took his armor for granted. 
to the point, so long to the point that he lost it for good and it became a prize to the enemy. There have been some heroes in my life, people, Brother Danny, that I looked up to and to my shock and my surprise, they took their armor for granted and lost it. And it became a prize to the enemy. Now the enemy is hanging it up in their trophy case and showing it off. Hey, look who we killed. Look at the victory we won. And it gives way to the devil. It makes the church look bad. It, 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 it hinders the work of Christ. You may not think that you're very important or that you mean much, but can I tell you, no matter who you are, where you are, what kind of position or what kind of calling that God has on your life, you mean something to somebody somewhere and it's going to hurt somebody, it's going to affect somebody. If you take your armor for granted long enough that you lose it and it becomes a prize to the enemy the devil's got an awful big trophy case and I pray and beg God my armor may not be much to anybody else but it sure does mean something to me the last thing in the world that I want to happen brother Chris is for my armor to become a trophy in the devil's showcase I don't want my trophy to, my, my, my armor to become a trophy and a prize to the enemy it meant something to them. They hung it in the house of Asheroth for everybody to see after they paraded it around. I thought about David. David was Saul's armor bearer. I wonder if there was times as a young lad if David might have looked at that armor and maybe even dreamed of putting it on one day. Maybe he dreamed of wearing that armor and going into battle and swinging that sword and, and, and carrying that armor upon him. Maybe he saw his reflection in the shine of that armor and maybe he dreamed of wearing it one day time come he found out that he couldn't wear it but I'm glad God gave him his own armor God not only anointed David and gave him a calling on his life but he finally gave him the position as well after Saul has died and went off the scene God finally gave him the position to go along with the calling that he had placed on his life he anointed him with oil and the touch of God on his life. And then he finally got his armor and got the protection and the position that he'd been waiting on to do something. But, but I've got I to stop right here. He didn't wait till he got a position to do something for God. He didn't have the armor yet. He didn't wait on the armor. All he needed was the anointing. He had the anointing. That was good enough to go and stand in front, of the, in front of the giant. He didn't need a position. He didn't need a title. He just needed the anointing. Maybe Saul took his armor for granted because he had already lost the anointing. Maybe that armor became ineffective because the anointing was gone. You can hold a title and a position all day long. You can have the best suit. Uh, you can have the best well thought outline. Uh, uh, you can wear your armor proudly, but without the anointing of the Holy Ghost, uh, uh, your preaching, your ministry will be ineffective. There's a lot of people likes to wear armor. They like to hold titles. They, look, they like to look big. Uh, I remember playing football. Uh, uh, we'd had our jerseys. We had our pads and our helmets. Uh, and we'd go and we'd play. Uh, uh, you had some uh, that'd come into school the next day. Uh, other jerseys had stains on them. Uh, they had rips and tears on their jerseys. Uh, then you had this other crowd standing over here by the side. Their jerseys are just as pretty and nice and neat. Not a stain nowhere, Brother Todd. Uh, no rips or tears. Uh, uh, but what made the difference is because on Friday night at the game, uh, uh, they never got on the field. Uh, they never felt a hit. Uh, uh, they never touched the grass. Uh, they was happy to sit on the bench uh, uh, just to say that's part of the team. But those that actually put those jerseys and those pads to the test 
are the ones that got the stains and the rips and the holes. Uh, they wasn't afraid to get on the field and take a hit. They was more worried about winning the game than holding a title. Wasn't just a position of them. They wanted to win something. They wasn't there just as a spectacle. They, they was ready to fight. I'm not interested in just having a title. Not interested in just wearing shiny armor somewhere. I want to make it count. I want to do something for God. I want to be what God wants me to be, whatever that may be. I want to be, I want to use it. I don't care if it gets a little dirt on it. I don't care if it gets some scars on it, gets some scratches on it. I just want to do something. It's not meant to just be carried around. It's meant to be used. David, uh, David had the anointing. That's why he didn't need armor. Young person, you ain't got to wait till you've got a title or a position to do something for God. All you need is a touch of God on your life. You don't need no title or position. You can do something for God now. David didn't wait on a title or a position. God had promised it to him. God had done called him, but he didn't wait on the position or the title. He went ahead and done what God wanted him to do anyway. Too many people waiting on a title and a position. They're waiting on a church or waiting on some kind of ministry. I, 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 we don't need to wait on any of that. God's got something for you to do right now. He didn't wait on it. Went ahead and served God without any title or position. All he needed was the call. He'd need the position. Saul had a position, but he lost his call. He became ineffective. I'll say this and I'll be done. David not only had anointing, he had armor, but he also had an Abishai. As David's getting older, nothing years, and he's fought many, many battles. If anybody knows how to fight, David knows how to fight. He's got a lot of experience, he knows how to fight. But his body's getting weaker, Brother Jacob. He's getting slower. His reaction time's not quite what it used to be. He's getting on up in age. And I believe Abishai and some of those mighty men maybe started taking notice of that. You see, David, he wasn't quite as swift as he usually is. I believe he's slowing down a little bit. He's getting more gray hair in his beard and his head. He's slowing down a little bit. And if, and if you don't agree with this, don't believe that's fine. But there was one reason or another why Abishai was close to David in the heat of battle. Whether it's because he's seen him slowing down or not, I don't know. But the Bible said that David waxed faint. We can show you in 2 Samuel chapter number 21, verse number 15. Moreover, the Philistines had yet war again with Israel. And David went down and his servants with him and fought against the Philistines. And David waxed faint. He's getting tired. He's getting weak. The Bible said in verse number 16 in Ishbanob which was of the sons of the giant, the weight of whose spear weighed 300 shekels of brass and weight, he being girded with a new sword, thought to have slain David. But Abishai, the son of Zerurah, succored him and smote the Philistine and killed him. Listen to this. Then the men of David swore unto him, saying, Thou shalt go no more out with us to battle, that thou quench not the light of Israel. I believe he knew David's armor better than anybody. I believe, I believe Abishai could recognize it in the biggest battle, in the biggest crowd of people. He knew David's armor. And I believe he stayed close by. He realized David's getting older in age and maybe getting a little bit weaker. And he said, he may need me. And I'm going to stay close by. And I'm glad when David did need him. And he, I mean, he's about to lose his life. This man's ready to kill him. I'm glad Abishai was close by, by the man of God, by his king, by his commander-in-chief. And he rushed to his aid and succored him. You may not have a title or a position, but there's some other people in positions and titles under a lot of pressure, under a lot of attack. And they'd be real good if they had an Abishai close by when they get tired, when they get weak, to come by 
I'd sucker them every once in a while. I'm glad for some people of God. Glad we're not in this thing by ourselves. I'm glad this is not a one-man army. It ain't up to just one or two or three. I, I, I'm glad, thank God, they're some of the greatest men of God. I believe walking in shoe leather here right now this morning. I, but I'm glad it's not up to just three or four of us. I'm glad, it, I'm glad it's an army effort. I, I'm glad God wants to do something for you as well. You may not have a title or position, uh, but God can do something in your life. Maybe God wants you to be an Abishai to your man of God. Don't take your armor for granted. God got a calling on your life. And Maybe God's put a ministry in your life. Don't take it for granted. The devil would love to make it a prize in his trophy case.